Lovely, thank you. Let's stand, let's worship. Um, of course, you're free to sit if you want to. <laughs> um, yeah, Jesus, we, we love you. We love you, Lord. We thank you for your presence. God, we thank you we don't have to beg for your presence, that you freely give it to us. Lord God, that you are excited when your children come together. Father, that the church is your idea. And so we bless your name and we just we give this time of, of song worship to you, Jesus, and pray it would be like a, a sweet aroma to you, Father God. Thank you, Father. My hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. I dare not trust the sweetest friend, but wholly trust in Jesus' name. Christ
he shall come with trumpets sound. Oh, may I then in him be found, dressed in his righteousness alone. Faultless I stand before.
just pressing you are you are perfect in all of your ways you are perfect in all of your ways yes you're perfect in all of your ways you are you're a good good father to you of what they think you'll like but I've heard the tender whisper of love in the dead of night cause you tell me that you're pleased and that I'm never alone you're a good good father it's who you Because it's love. 
his peace It's so unexplainable I can hardly think as you call me Deeper still as you call me Deeper still as you call me to receive it now. God, show us what you want to show us afresh today. Take us deeper into our relationship with you, God. Lord, I don't want to be, I don't want to be stuck. 
I don't want to rely on old revelation, Lord. I want to have fresh revelation of who you are for me today, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. you call me deeper still and you call me deeper still as you call me deeper still into love 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 as you call me deeper still as you call me deeper as you call me deeper still into love, love, love. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Yeah, thank you, God. Thank you, Father. Yeah, Lord, we're not in a rush to move through the song scar we want to give your spirit space to speak to us oh lord we give you room jesus
wrote, though I was a husband to them, says the Lord, but this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days, says the Lord. I will put my law in their mind and write it on their hearts, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. No more shall every man teach his neighbour and every man his brother, saying, Know the Lord, for they all shall know me, from the least of them to the greatest, says the Lord, for I will forgive their iniquity and their sin. I will remember no more. This prophecy is speaking about a new covenant based on the life-giving powers of Jesus' death on the cross, which is why we celebrate and share together in Holy Communion today, receiving God's forgiveness in the name of Jesus, our healing in the name of Jesus, and our wholeness and restoration in the name of Jesus. Jesus' words in, in remembrance of me speak to me of the central purpose of Holy Communion, which is for each one of us to give testimony to the triumphant life-giving powers of Jesus' death on the cross. So, as we take our bread, as, as we partake in this bread, let us do this so by faith, expecting all the benefits of the cross in our full forgiveness and acceptance, in our full power to restore, strengthen and heal, all in the name of Jesus. Please take your bread when you are ready. Thank you. Let us each accept the full worth of Jesus' death on the cross in pleading for the forgiveness of our sins. And as we do so, coming in a worthy manner, meaning that we attribute all these benefits to the redeeming work of the cross. So please drink your cup when you are ready in our however way you wish to remember Jesus until he comes again. Wonderful. Um, the next song I've got is In Christ Alone, and I think actually that's a really perfect song to follow up communion with. The words are so wonderful. Speak of what Christ has done for us. So let, yeah, let's, uh, let's sing that together. In Christ Alone my hope is found, he is my light, my strength. 
my song, this cornerstone, this solid ground, firm through the fiercest drought and storm. What heights of love, what depths of peace, when fears are still, when striving cease, my comforter, my all in all, here in the love of Christ I stand. In Christ alone, who took on flesh, fullness of God in helpless babe. This gift of love and righteousness Scorned by the ones he came to save Till on the cross as Jesus died The wrath of God is satisfied For every sin on him was laid here in the death of Christ, I live. Thank you, Lord. Wonderful Jesus. There in the ground, his body lay. Light of the world by darkness slain. Then bursting forth. From glorious day, up from the grave he rose again. And as he stands in victory, sends curses lost its grip on me. For I am his, and he is mine, bought with the precious blood of Christ. Thank you, Lord. Oh, we worship you. Thank you, Jesus. No guilt in life, no fear in death. This is the power of Christ in me. From life's first cry to final breath. Jesus commands my destiny. No power of hell, no scheme of man can ever pluck me from his hand till he returns or calls me home. Here in the power of Christ I'll stand. Let's sing that, that last verse again. Thank you, Father. No guilt in life, no fear in death. This is the power of Christ in me. From life's first cry to final breath, Jesus commands my destiny. No power of hell, no scheme of man can ever pluck me from his hand till he returns. 
all calls me home. Here in the power of Christ I'll stand. No power of hell, no scheme of man can ever pluck me from his hand till he returns. All calls me home. Here in the power of Christ I'll stand. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. You are so good. Thank you, God, for those words of truth. Lord God, and we choose to declare them as our truth, Lord. Thank you, God, that truth doesn't have to be dictated by our emotions. Lord God, that we choose to stand on your word. And when our circumstances don't look great, we stand on your word. Father God, and we believe you are good, that your promises are right and true. Father God, that you love us, that you have good plans for our lives. Yes. God, and that we move closer to glory, and we are so thankful. Yes. Thank you for the peace we have in our spirits. Lord God, that we know that we have eternity to worship you, Father God. Yes. And so we thank you for those words, and we thank you for Jesus and the choice he made at the cross. And that that meant that we had redemption with the Father. Hallelujah. <laughs> thank you, Jesus. Now I can see you, can you see me? If you can see me, see me go like that? Great. Were you able to see the um, were you able to see the words on the screen? Great. Because they were great songs actually. And um, I just I almost feel I just want to read this out once more while it's still there. Um, no guilt in life, no fear in death. This is the power of Christ in me. From life's first trial to final breath, Jesus commands my destiny. He's in control. No power of hell, no scheme of man can ever pluck me from his hand till he returns or calls me home here in the power of Christ. I stand. Praise the Lord. What wonderful, inspired words. Um, yes, for us to um, drink in, to drink in at the Word of God. Wonderful thing that the Word of God washes us, cleanses us, renews us, strengthens us. The psalmist in 119 says, Your Word is my life. I love your Word feed on it all the time. Yes. He also says, I've come to realize that you determined that your, or decreed, that your word would last forever. And Jesus himself said, of course, that heaven and earth may pass away, but my words will never pass away. When we take the word of God into our lives, we're positioning our lives on very rock something even more powerful, more long-lasting than rock itself. 
the word of God which is unchangeable and will never be altered, can never be altered. Praise the Lord. Now, uh, before I start to share, I just want to, from the scriptures, I just wanted to bring a few notices to you. You've seen, of course, Steve um, laying on the, on the screen here this morning, and um, the likelihood is that he's going to be home later today or tomorrow, we trust today. So there's no reason anymore for them to keep him there. That is awesome. Praise the Lord. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Thank you, Father. Yes, after all that time, bless you, Steve. Well, they've been amazing. And certainly they'll never forget this experience. And, uh, and neither will they forget, neither will we, I think, the strength of fellowship and the prayer support that has gone in. It's all very, very precious. We are a family. And it's wonderful that we can support one another in these times. Um not for you uh, there, but I just want to say for folks here that if you haven't yet taken your free copy of John's book, of John Conrad's book, The Power Partnership, copies are out there um, in the coffee lounge. Do just um, sign a note in your big diary to say you've taken one, that's all. And um, I know we don't need any reminding to pray, to continue to pray for Ukraine. This is a massive, massive thing. And um, may the Lord have mercy upon them and get those people those in that besieged city of Mariupol out from there. Oh, dear Lord, we pray for them. But I'm just reminding you of it, of course. I know you still do. Let's pray for Russell and Chris as well. Um, Terry's funeral will be uh, next Tuesday, April the 12th. We're going to be holding a, a wake um, in Beacon here. That'll be the first wake I've normally had here. But nevertheless, it'll be a, a special and a very meaningful time. And we do just encourage you to come along and support uh, Russell and Chris uh, through this. Also, let's be remembering Amy Falcon, um, who's moving in this weekend into the... Um, special uh, facility to help people who have these eating disorders. She's not looking forward to it. And um, it's not the easiest place to live in with others in there who are suffering from uh, the same thing as she is. Um, so, Lord, we do just bring these situations, Father, before you. We thank you for sustaining um, sustaining Steve and Julie through this great long trial. We thank you for preserving Steve's life and we just rejoice in you, Father God, for answering our prayers and bringing him back home, which we look forward to hearing later today. Father God, we want to pray for Russell and Chris and all the ups and downs and the, the emotional pain and the loss and the turmoil and we pray, Father God, that as we gather, as people gather on Tuesday the 12th, Father God, it will be a special time, even a precious time, as good memories of Terry are shared and as he is honored. We bless that family today in Jesus' name. And Father, for dear Amy, who suffered so long, 
Lord, who this evening before us. We pray for breakthrough in this situation, Lord. Oh, Father God, we thank you that nothing is too hard for you. And Lord, we bless that family today with your presence, with your power, and with your delivering power and might through the Holy Spirit to touch Amy and bring her through this. Oh, Father God, we know she's not looking forward to this, but uh, this time in this special facility. But Lord, we pray for her that you will strengthen her and give her your peace that passes understanding. Father God, Lord, we pray that you will help her and surround her with your love and presence. In Jesus' wonderful name. Help Katie as well, we pray to stay strong. Um, Thank you again, Father God, that your word is everlasting. It's from everlasting, true everlasting. Lord, we thank you that your word is our food, it's our rock, it's our peace, it's our drink. Father God, your word sustains us, it cleanses us, it empowers us. And Lord, I pray for the Holy Spirit to come amongst us here this morning and those at home on Zoom. And open up the word of God to us and lead us into all truth together, Father, in, for your praise and your glory, that we might uh, serve you more effectively, more fruitfully, Father God, in the coming days. We give you praise in Jesus' wonderful name. Amen. Bless the Lord. Now, this morning I want to with um, uh, thoughts about the Holy Spirit and his work uh, in our lives and his work in the church. Um, these last three talks I've given, we've been looking at that uh, together. Trust it's been a blessing to you. Thinking about the manifestation of his presence when we come together. Thinking about the baptism in the Holy Spirit without which manifestations of the Spirit in the church are either rare or largely absent altogether. And I want to continue looking at his impact in our lives uh, today. Remember Jesus promised the Holy Spirit would come when he said to the disciples just before the cross, he said, I'm going to ask the Father and he will give you another counsellor. Now that's in John chapter 14 and verse 16. If you've got your Bibles, try and follow some of the scriptures that I'm going to bring before you. But I want to point out this morning that that word another is a very important word because it's the Greek word, um, the Greek word alos. And um, if I can just find it here. Um, just one minute. Um, the Greek word alos. And um, what this means is, um, just getting this right, the word shows, it means another of the same kind. The word shows similarities but diversities of operation and ministry. Jesus' use 
of that Greek word alos, for sending another, um, another comforter, is it equals him saying one besides me, and in addition to me, but one just like me. He will do in my absence what I would do if I were physically present with you. The Spirit's coming assures continuity with what Jesus did and taught. Now that's totally wonderful. So we've got, we've got another one just like Jesus. He says here, you know him because he has been with you, but he will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. Before long, the world will not see me anymore, but you will see me. Because I live, you also will live. On that day, you will realize that I am in my Father, and you are in me, and I am in you. This is just, this is just absolutely awesome. So the, the Spirit of God is going to come and take the place of Jesus. We know that Jesus was restricted in one sense by his physical body. He could only be in one place at one time. But the Spirit could be everywhere. And Jesus wanted to see the, um, the mission and the plan of his Father fully fulfilled. And so he couldn't do it himself because he's limited by the constraints of being localized where his body was. So he sends the Holy Spirit, another one just like me, who will do the same things um, that I would do if I were with you physically. Now this is awesome. Of course, it's part of the wonder that we can pray here and the Lord Jesus and the Father are hearing us and responding to us and, some, and people all around the world in all kinds of di different countries can be praying at the same time and somehow the Holy Spirit is moving through them and responding to bring about answers to their prayer. So, the, so we have this wonderful song. All over the world, the Spirit is moving. Lord, move, O Lord, in me. Amen. So this is just the most wonderful thing. So the Holy Spirit is with them. And we see this, of course, in the book of Acts, where... Um, when the Holy Spirit comes upon the people and comes upon those apostles, they go out there, they Peter preaches, he shows a, well, just a, a moment, a few hours before, or a few days before, he'd been so um, scared that even a servant girl saying, surely I know you're one of those, and he swore that he didn't know Jesus. He was so seized by fear. But when the Spirit of God came with him, all of a sudden a boldness comes upon him and he stands up with the boldness of the Holy Spirit and preaches an amazing message which brings 3,000 people um, to conversion and to the feet of Jesus and then they're baptized and that's the birth in a sense of the church. So praise the Lord for this. The Holy Spirit changes us. I never forget when I was first of all baptized in the Holy Spirit I came back, it happened to me down in Chard in Somerset and where wonderful things were going on at that time, I came back and my best friend back home in Chile, he said to me, Mike, he said, you have changed. And it was the most, he said, you have changed. You know, 
<laughs> so, and, uh, and that has never left me. And um, it is just amazing because the Lord Jesus said, I'm going to ask the Father to send another comforter who will be with you forever. So he's always with us. Praise the Lord. And, uh, and he's here to strengthen us, lead us, direct us, and uh, teach us and bring us into all reality. He's here to put to pour through us the gifts and power of the Holy Spirit and to see miracles happen and wonderful things. Praise the Lord for the Holy Spirit. I just want to really stress that. And let's just remember this, that um, I mentioned last time that the Holy Spirit has a special place in the Godhead. It's as if the Father and Son are specially protective of him. And we find in Matthew 12, here the Lord Jesus said that, that blasphemy or sin against the Father or the Son will be forgiven. But sin or blasphemy against the Holy Spirit will not ever be forgiven. So there's something about the Holy Spirit. He is the most he is the sensitive essence of the life of the Father who has come to dwell within us. And um, this is something and it, and our relationship with the Holy Spirit is something that we need to cultivate and value and cherish and nourish within ourselves. To thank him for his presence every day and, uh, and seek to develop that sensitivity to his promptings in our lives. And that is a lifetime relationship for each and every one of us. Um, this is very getting very dark. Is it possible to have a little bit of light in there? Just, um, uh, yeah. Let me just say uh, things that just show the person, something of the personality of the Holy Spirit in the Bible. He can be lied to. He can be tested. He can be grieved. He can be resisted. He's a bringer of joy, and he's. He thinks and he communicates and he speaks. And so he is in every way, he's the third person of the Holy Spirit. Sorry, the third person of the Godhead. And he's here to, to nurture and to direct and to empower the growth and the expansion of the church. There's a most wonderful scripture here in Acts chapter 9. I think it's verse 31 that I can um, uh, find here. Just one minute. Um, Acts chapter 9 and verse 31. Where it says here, the church throughout um, the church throughout Judea, Galilee and Samaria enjoyed a time of peace. It was strengthened and encouraged by the Holy Spirit it grew in numbers, living in the fear of the Lord. That's living with a great respect, a great sense of a sense of awe, a sense of reverence. All that is involved in that word fear, towards the Lord. And as we live out that life, we find uh, and develop this relationship with the Spirit of God. We find He will strengthen and encourage us. What a wonderful thing! And now I. And we all cultivate, we all absolutely value and pray for and desire that that will be our 
our experience here in, in Beacon, that the church here will enjoy a time of peace being strengthened and encouraged by the Holy Spirit, growing in numbers, living in the reverence and fear and love of the Lord. Oh, Father, we just thank you for this very special scripture that you have caused to be written down for our encouragement here. And we just pray, Father God, we call upon you, we call upon the Holy Spirit this morning to come and to present yourself here more and more and more that we may find ourselves living in the strengthening and encouragement of the Spirit and finding this church family and community growing for your praise and glory as we continue to live in love and faith. Bless you, Father. So then also the Holy Spirit can give direction, does give direction. It gives direction in dramatic ways, like for instance when, uh, and he works with the whole spiritual host, like an angel said to said to Philip, go down to that road uh, from Jerusalem to Gaza. And so Philip went down after his tremendously exciting and fruitful mission in Samaria. He goes down at this angel's instruction. And when he gets down to this road, he sees a chariot down there, and it says, the Spirit said to him, go and stay near that chariot. So Philip runs up to the chariot and he's walking along by the side and of course he hears the he hears the man inside who's the Chancellor of the Exchequer for Ethiopia, Ethiopia. He's reading aloud from the book of Isaiah. And so Philip, full of boldness, steps up and says, do you understand um, what you're reading? How can I unless someone tells me, says the um, Chancellor. And so Philip pops up into his chariot and starts to share Jesus from that passage in Zion that the man is reading. And so then he comes to the point and the man says, uh, he wants to open his heart to the Lord. He says, what's, what's stopping me being baptized? I really want to get into this. And Philip says uh, to him, well, if you believe with all your heart, you can. So he stops the chariot with the water there and down they go and they get into the water and he's baptized. It's a wonderful passage. But the whole thing was initiated by the Holy Spirit who knew where the Chancellor was, knew what would happen and wanted to place Philip right in the middle of the action. There. And then, of course, in Acts 13 too, we find that the people, the, the apostles and the prophets there were fasting and praying. And in the midst of all of that, it says in the scripture, in verse 2 of Acts 13, and the Holy Spirit Set apart from me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I've called them. And so they did. And then it says they were sent on their way by the Holy Spirit. We find this tremendous presence and activity of the Spirit of God. And at one point you find in Acts 16.6 that Paul, um, desiring to preach the gospel in Asia, wants to press into that area but it says that he was kept by the Holy Spirit and from preaching the gospel in Asia. It wasn't the Spirit's time. And this whole business of being sensitive to the Holy Spirit brings us into a realm where we need to recognize that we need to be sensitive to his timing in our lives. There's a time 
uh, in Proverbs says there's a time to speak and a time to be silent. And, uh, you know, sometimes we so want to see people saved, but the truth of the matter is there's a time to share. There's a time to speak and a time to be silent. And we need to have the wisdom um, to know the difference. It wasn't the Holy Spirit's timing. I remember someone speaking to Reinhard Bonke, the wonderful um, German evangelist one time, asking him about um, how it was that he was seeing such incredible fruit in Africa and, and not seeing anything like that in uh, the UK. And Reinhard Bonke's response was simply that God's, he simply said this, God's harvest fields don't all ripen at the same time. And this is a word for us. We tend to be discouraged at times about breakthrough in evangelism and breakthrough in witnessing to the gospel and seeing people come through. There's, there's a time for people, and we need to be sensitive to that time. Otherwise, we'll put them off and delay their time. So um, let's just be sensitive to that. Lord, we just pray for each one of us to have soul-winning wisdom. It says in Proverbs, he who wins souls is wise. Lord, give us that wisdom, we pray. But there's a direction of the Holy Spirit because later on, in chapter 20, Paul could turn around as he was two years in Ephesus. He was able to say that over that period of two years that the whole of Asia, the, whole, the Asia where he had been prohibited or um, stopped, prevented from preaching the word, he was now able to say the whole of Asia has heard the word of God. It was God's time for Asia. And they responded. So that was I remember just thinking, I mean, the Holy Spirit is, a, is wonderful at giving us direction and moving. And that happens in all kinds of ways in our lives. Sometimes it's something even from the great to the little. Sometimes it's uh, just baking a cake for somebody across the road and leaving it outside their house. And you find later on that they were having friends come in and they had no cake to put before them. How did you know? Well, there was just that prompting of the Holy Spirit to do that. We just heard of um, uh, dear Wendy is moving house and she can look at that situation and say this is God and God's fingerprints are all over that situation and she's thrilled about it. I remember once when I was out in Burundi my friend out there David he told me that just that previous week he woke up that morning with a sense of absolute in the Holy Spirit. Some people say that the Holy Spirit doesn't compel. Well, there are times he does. And Paul says here that um, in Acts, uh, when he's saying his goodbye to the Ephesian um, elders, he says, and here I am, as if compelled by the Holy Spirit to go to Jerusalem. And I know that on my way there, and my time there, all sorts of trials and even imprisonments will await me. But nevertheless, he steps to go because he senses tremendous glory, even what he calls being compelled by the Holy Spirit to go. So that's what my friend um, uh, David found that morning when he woke up, that he was compelled, he was living in Bujumbura, the capital of Burundi, and he was compelled to go and find his brother in Kigali in, in the adjacent country of Rwanda. So he cancelled everything that he was um, due to do uh, that day, and he rang the airport and said he was coming and inquired.
inquired about um, a place on the plain, they said, I'm sorry, um, Mr. Andrew they said, we, we were quite well known by Muslim travel project. Um, they said the plane's full, and there's no pl other plane going to Kigali today. So I said, Lord, what shall I do? He said, uh, the Lord said to him, go down to the airport. So he still goes down to the airport. When he gets there, he goes up the desk. And he said, is there a, pl a seat on that plane? They looked at him and said, no, it's totally, absolutely full. Every seat's taken. So he says to the Lord, well, what do you want me to do? The Lord says, just stay here. I'll get you a seat. And so he hangs around for a bit, and then he, and he can see the time coming um, to, um, to board and, and get a new life for him. So he, he goes up to the desk again and says, is there, is there a seat? Uh, is there any chance of anything happening? The fellow says to him, there's one seat available. But the paperwork for that lady, uh, for one of the ladies, an elderly lady, says you haven't brought the right paperwork and you can't let her off. So that says to him, they prevent him every day and let David have a seat. He got down to Kigali and when he went there, he, the Lord directed him to go where his father, he'd moved house, but he finally found him. And what he found was that he was almost dying because he tried to commit suicide and was determined to do that. And David was able to pray for him and, and uh, get proper medication and get things sorted out. And the whole and that whole thing turned around in David's father's life where he came back to the Lord and the tremendous depression and everything he'd been under um, left him and he was back on track again. But that's the Holy Spirit compelling him to go. The Holy Spirit is in us and with us and he has a plan for each of us. He's in us in order to fulfill the plan that Jesus has for our lives that he made for us even before we were born. This is just awesome. So I'm saying here, let's, um, there's one in Ephesians chapter 4, I want to turn to that here, because just as I'm saying to you that it's just so important for us to develop this relationship with the Holy Spirit. So it says at the end of Ephesians 4, this tremendous chapter on unity, and uh, putting on our new self, created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. It says, oh, isn't that amazing? This new self, this new creation, this new life that Jesus has given us is created to be like God. So we carry around with us inside, in these vessels of clay, we have this treasure, this treasure of the life. carriers of the Holy Spirit. We're carriers of the Father. The Lord said to those disciples before he left and before the cross, he said, if anyone, if any man loves me and keeps my word, my Father will love him and we will come and make our home in him. You know, sometimes when I get back from going somewhere, I go in, I go in the lounge, make a cup of tea um, and take it into the lounge, sit down and drink. And often I said to George, He's had a good time away, but it's great to be back home. There's nothing like being at home. And um, I enjoy my home, and I'm glad to be there when I'm there. And so praise the Lord. And you know, the Father wants that experience to be the same in his 
relationship with you. He wants to be at home in you. And if he's going to be at home, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, by the Spirit of God, dwelling in and at home with each one of us. Awesome. And so the Lord says here, um, by the Spirit, he speaks to his Paul, and he says, and at the end of Ephesians 4, he says, and do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God with whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. That's that final day when we're totally redeemed with new bodies We've been sealed into God's purposes. When you see a seal on, a, on a, an official envelope, you know, it's sealed for a special purpose. It belongs um, from a particular department. It's been sealed officially, and it's important. And you know, you're important. You're important to the Lord, and he sealed you by his Spirit, by putting his Spirit on you and confirming his life and his work inside you. And that's something to take, not only to take seriously, but to stay there. It's an incredible, it's nothing we've achieved, but it's something that's been done to you and for you. Oh, praise the Lord. It's the abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness that we receive. It's a gift. You can never achieve it. It's a gift. Awesome. Now this day, Ephesians 4, um, begins with the plea to live a life worthy of our calling in God and to make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. And it ends with the plea not to grieve the Spirit of God with whom we were sealed. I just want to emphasize um, this and say, you know, um, just how important it is that we treasure and cultivate unity amongst us in Beacon and indeed in the church in God's, amongst God's people unity is totally so important in fact um, it was the prayer of the Lord Jesus in John chapter 17 just before his prayer um, to the Father I'm just going to turn to you so John chapter 17 verse 23 and the Lord is saying um Father, just as you are in me and I am in you, may they also be in us, so that the world may believe that you have sent me. There's something about the unity of us in the Father and our unity together that is very powerful in communicating the life of Jesus the world around about us. He goes on to say, I have given uh, that they may believe that you have sent me. I have given them the glory that you gave me, that they may be one as we are one. I in them and you in me. May they be brought to complete unity to let the world know that you sent me and have loved them even as you have loved me. Now this is the prayer of the Lord Jesus. And that prayer is still out there. It's still in the Spirit. It's still something the Spirit of God is wanting to work upon. It's still something that he's wanting to see.
actually brought about that all God's people who will be brought to a complete unity with a lot of work to do. So brothers and sisters amongst us, we need to guard and treasure our unity and be careful how we speak and be careful to love one another um, as the Lord has loved us individually. Psalm 133 um, verse 1, I mean it's such a precious treasure of a psalm. Let me just see if I can find it real quickly. Psalm 133 uh, declares, Behold, this is something to notice, something to take a note of. Behold how good and pleasant it is when brothers live and sisters live together in unity. It's like precious oil, which is a sign, always a type and a sign of the Holy Spirit. Precious oil poured on the head, running down on the beard, running down on Aaron's beard, the priestly ministry, flowing over the priestly ministry here, as if the dew of Hermon were falling on Mount Zion. For there the Lord bestows his blessing, even life forevermore. That's what flows. Sense of a wonderful sense of togetherness um, in that comes out of that unity together. And it's that that releases the power of the Holy Spirit also amongst us. This it says, doesn't it, somewhere in the scripture, it says that a house divided against itself will fall. So if we're, if we're part of where there's division, there's all sorts. So we need to keep a watch and guard each other's back and love one another as Jesus has loved us so that the Spirit of God will flow amongst us. May we indeed be brought to complete unity. Look um, at Colossians chapter 3 and verse 14. This is one of my favorite scriptures. They're so practical. Um, he's moving towards the end of this letter and he says in verse 13 bear with each other and forgive whatever grievances you may have against one another forgive as the Lord forgave you and over all these virtues put on love which binds them all together in perfect unity there it is again that perfect unity that comes out of forgiveness and bearing with each other that's one of the things so practical. Paul knew they were quite a bunch, and obviously had their ups and downs with each other. And he knew that there were times that they needed to bear with one another. That means to put up with one another. You know, the truth of the matter is that if it wasn't for Jesus, probably a lot of us would never have met each other. But it's Jesus has brought a, uh, and who knows, because we're all different, have different interests and whatever, maybe our paths would never cross. But it's Jesus that has brought us together. Jesus is our unity. And um, and sometimes that means we have to put up with people that we may not necessarily be natural, whatever, compatriots and bedfellows. Well, not bedfellows. You know what I mean. We wouldn't naturally walk the same path. But we bear with one another and put up with one another because of Jesus. And because he's put a love in our hearts for each other. 
I do love the body of Christ. I love meeting with the body of Christ. And as a matter of fact, John, in John's letter, he says, "If you, how can you say you love the Father when you don't have the love for his people, for his children? But this is something we need to bring before the Lord and say, Lord, you know I find brother and sister so-and-so so difficult, but Lord, please forgive me. I forgive them for anything they've done. And Lord, please just pour your love in my heart for them so that we can get on and do that. That's, that's the way. We just need to ask the Lord and pray for people that you find difficult. Even get a photo if you can and put it up and pray for them and bless them. It's powerful. It changes everything. If you find you can't forgive somebody something for, um, for something that you, know, you felt they've done, put a photo there and bless them. Every day, bless them and pray for them, and you'll find things will begin to change. There is just power in that. I don't know what it is. There's something... I remember a, a guy who's very wealthy who's saying, um, somebody's asking him to teach it, he said, well, when I want to buy something, he said, um, I take a photo of it, and I put it on my desk. And he said, and every day, as I said, if I'm talking to phone to someone or whatever, I look at that thing, and I... And I say, I'm having that. I'm having that. That's mine. And he says, for some reason, it always comes to me. There's something about you focusing on something and putting your heart into it. And it works with people. It works with forgiveness. And um, it works with getting on with something. And we all have to put up with one another. I love that word, bear. <laughs> bear with each other. And forgive what, uh, whatever grievances you may have against one another. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. See, forgiving, forgiven people should be forgiving people. Because it's as the Lord has forgiven us, so we are to forgive one another. And over all these things, put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. That is so beautiful. Hallelujah. Yeah, let's make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. Let's just see, just see if I'm going to end on that one here. Ephesians chapter um, 4, verse 13. What does it say there? Where does it say? I'll reach unity in the faith. I'll leave it at this one. Um, once again, this comes to the same, with the same point that um, Paul is making to the Colossians. He says, don't grieve the Holy Spirit, because the Holy Spirit is grieved with unforgiveness. He grieves with disunity. He says, get rid of all bitterness. Don't be bitter. Don't hold bitterness in, because it poisons you. It can even bring horrible, um, uh, even bring cancer to them. You know, things like that. So, be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as Christ in God forgave you. Brothers and sisters, let's bring that to, to a close. And bring it to a close by me reading that lovely Psalm 133 again. How good and pleasant it is. I love the old-fashioned translation. It says, behold, how good. Take notice of this. It's a wonderful thing. It's good. It's 
pleasures. It's lovely. Um, when brothers and sisters live together in unity, it's like that oil that flows down over them and um, brings us all together. It's like precious oil poured down the head. It's as if the dew of Hermon were falling on Mount Zion. There's a freshness, there's a life there. For there, on that unity, in that place, the Lord bestows his blessing, even life forevermore. Praise you. Let's all stand to our feet, please. And Father God, we just want to thank you together. Lord, let's just, if there's anybody here and in this room or in the Zoom who's just having real difficulties with somebody else or holding a grudge or, or in any kind of way, just ask you just to bring this before the Lord and this morning and let things be. Lord, we just want to forgive, Father God, as you have forgiven us. We want to see that unity of the Spirit, Father God, flows down over us all. So this place is into these events will just be impacted by the love that is here, by the unity that is here, by the presence of the Holy Spirit who rests upon each and every one of us, where we love to rest, where there's unity throughout the church. Father, we give you thanks for your love. We give you thanks, Father God, that this is scripture, Lord, that you have demonstrated your love for us while we were yet sinners, Lord, while we were simply unlovely, Lord, you loved us and you gave your Son to die for us. Awesome love, awesome grace. What manner of love is this that we should be called children of God? And so we are. So bless bless you. I bless you in your relationship with the Lord. I bless you in your relationship with the Holy Spirit. I bless you in your home. I bless you in your family. Uh, even in your wider family. Lord, I just bless all your relationships in the name of Jesus. And may you carry that treasure you have with great reverence and joy in the earth Thank you, thank you, thank you. And may the blessing of God which makes rich and has no sorrow with it rest it upon rest upon uh, upon each one of you. And to his praise and to his glory in Jesus' wonderful name. Amen. Bless you. Thank you. We're going to leave you folk on Zoom to chat to one another if you that's what you want to do. And um the opportunity as we'll do the same here. But thank you. Bless you. And thank you.